0: Big one welcome to you. This is the Aware Parenting Podcast with Lail Stone and Marian Rose, PhD. We have juicy conversations about things that matter in parenting and life. We're exploring all that Aware Parenting has to offer from many different angles, and we are so glad that you're here. Hello, and a big one welcome to you. This is Marian Rose. I'm Lail Stone. And today we're gonna be talking a lot about power. So we're gonna be talking about power in politics, parenting and partnering. And really we're gonna be linking something that you may not have necessarily thought about which is power in parenting and how it relates to so many things in the wider world. So I'd really like to bring some awareness and consciousness to, to these places that perhaps aren't necessarily seen around how important parenting is. In terms of power, I mean, there might be words that you might not even necessarily link together apart from maybe uh, power struggles. <laughs> mm. Anyone had a power struggle with a child? Mm. No, never, mm. never. <laughs> My <child's still> <laughs> so, where should we start, Lau? Should we start? Should we start? I mean, what I'd love to start with saying, and I always really love uh, Aletha's work, Aletha Sotter's work. If you're new to our podcast, she um developed Aware Parenting the founder of the Aware Parenting Institute written some amazing books we highly recommend all of them to everyone Um, and I really always loved and I remember doing early talks how she um, puts in parenting into three very broad categories so one would be authoritarian parent parenting which is where the parents have the power over the children and the parents needs are valued more than the child's on the other end would be permissive parenting where the child's needs are seen as the most important and often parents end up feeling powerless. Mm
1: -hmm. And then
0: in the middle, there is democratic parenting. So that's really aware parenting, which is all about finding ways to meet the needs of children and parents and really in ways that do not use the old fashioned power over paradigm, but also don't slip into permissiveness or um, powerlessness. So I always Mm -hmm. loved that. It was such a really clear thing. And I know You know, we're all, and not we all, but I know we can tend to move in different ones, of those in ourselves. I know for myself, I've I've definitely spent time in all three of those. So Mm -hmm. it's not like really, really clear cut, but I think it's a really helpful model to look at parenting paradigms from within. Do you want to say something about that, Leil?
1: Yeah, well, I just think that it makes a lot of sense to people, I often talk about this in my workshops, when we look at, okay, so... An authoritarian way of being raised is usually in order to get the kids to behave or do what we want. We use threats, we yell, um, sometimes there's smacking, hitting, there's timeouts, there's bribes, rewards. It really is, I guess, the the message is do what I say and if you don't, I'm going to withdraw my love. And that that is still a pretty standard parenting dynamic today unfortunately we're going to talk about how that's still actually just it's just what where our planet is at unfortunately it's still yes. about uh, power over it's about control it's about you do as I say and we'll make you do this whether we're looking through the eyes of politics yes business yes or through medicine or through anything we can look at it this is the right way and if you don't do it that way then we're going to punish you or you know we'll, we'll take something away from you yes and you know we've been in that dynamic for a very very long time it is ingrained in all our cells and beings it is part of our lineage of where we've come from so it's very challenging to shift that and to change that because that's all we've known so what we see is that way of i guess relating to children is you know and i think it comes from this place of It's because we love you that we want you to be a good person. So, we're going to show you what a good person looks like, and this is what it looks like. So, you must do A, B, C, D, you must get good grades at school, you must look a certain way, you must do all this kind of stuff. And if you don't, then I'm going to remove my love from you in some way or another. So, that's that classic authoritarian parenting, which I think a lot of people relate to because that's how they were brought up. And and the thing I like to bring up is how does that feel for the child? So, anybody who was brought up with any of those paradigms you know I encourage you to feel into what did that feel like when you did get sent to your room when you get when you got hit for doing something wrong um when your parents ignored you if you didn't do what you wanted them to do if they yelled and screamed what did it feel like how did you interpret that as the child and I think most people will say it felt very unsafe they felt very alone yeah. they felt very scared and the big one is often they felt a lot of shame because they were not okay. You know, and the parent in withdrawing that love brings up a sense of you don't love me and you love me when I'm good or when I fit into the way you want. So and and I what I always talk about too is, you know, for a little child, they learn really quickly about how to survive and their survival needs are around food and shelter, but also around attachment. So if they are born into an authoritarian family that says you must do this in order to um, get my love, then they learn to conform pretty quickly. And what that does is it shuts down within the child that often I I call it magical part of them that, is their own sense of self, is their own sense of trust, is their own sense of creativity, all those incredible things that they have to stifle or abandon in order to survive. When people say, you know, when we're working with adults and they're like, you know, I I don't know how to, you know, what happened and why did I do that? I was like, because you were just surviving. Yes. The imprint was if you are going to be here on this planet and you've got to be good or you've got to play this role in order to you know to be okay so and i guess what i talk a lot about in my teenage talks is that where we see that authoritarian parenting play out in a way that's often really dangerous is definitely in the teenage years because as kids grow up and as they become teenagers they often have more freedom they have the ability to walk out the front door they have access to public transport they have access to money and the power starts to run out on some level not all levels because the psychological power runs pretty deep but the power runs out and so therefore you know children can become or teenagers can become massively rebellious but more than that what I see is kids that are raised that way in that really strong authoritarian dynamic have a lot of unmet needs and a lot of feelings deep down inside and as they become teenagers the growth in their brain hormones puberty, all that kind of stuff it is very hard to keep those feelings and that rage and hurt hidden and so it often comes out and what teenagers feel is i don't want to feel that so that's where they often may move towards alcohol to drugs or ways to numb themselves out in a big way so that they don't have to feel that sense of shame or feeling or betrayal, whatever it is that they've got going on. Yes. So we see, I think what we've come to from a teenage point of view, is labelled the teenagers as the rebellious stage, but well, I don't actually believe that No. stage no. because I see that when a child is listened to, held, supported, that they don't need to go out there and, and do this kind of big F you to the world and to their parents because, you know, the feelings have, have been processed and moved through. So yes. that's, I think, where I see a lot of my concern with teenagers is yep. that big need to numb out from those feelings that just keep getting louder and louder. And that's where we see a lot of addiction issues rise. Yeah. If you look at any kind of people's work around addiction, you know, you'll see that all of it, that the people with strong, strong addictions will always come back to some form of abuse or authoritarian parenting when they were raised or trauma, you know, big, big trauma and trying to numb themselves out within that. Yes. So that massive authoritarian parenting I see is, you know, really alarming, particularly in those teenage years. And then as we move into adults, it can play out in the way of feeling um, you can't take risks, you have to be liked in order to be, um, you know, to be okay in the world or, you know, you need people's approval. Or, again, it can swing to that other side of being really, you know, rebellious and out there and not caring at all. Yes. So you know, it just feels very, very controlling. Yes. Mm.
0: And, you know, the, the way I also see it, that we, as you were saying, that we, this is so much part of our culture, this power over paradigm, that even if our parents weren't authoritarian or our lineage isn't authoritarian, there's so much that's simply so embedded in the culture from 2,000-plus years of this domination paradigm that even, you know, for most of us, we will still have experiences of that, even if our parents weren't authoritarian. Even if they were permissive, often still will have experiences of... um, being shoulded, being coerced, being shamed, being punished. Mm. And, you know, as you were mm. speaking so beautifully of is that, you know, when we have adult clients come to us, there's, there's so much, isn't there, and there's something wrong with me or you know, fundamentally there's this sense of um, not being lovable, not being worthy, um, certain parts of them not being welcomed, um, you know, not being able to follow their calling and do what they love. There's so many of these issues that people don't realize that I actually pass down from these these really just cultural ways of looking at human beings that, that's based on power over and it's based on mm. that domination system that isn't actually fundamentally um, a part of being human. We actually do not need to use power over others. That's mm. actually a, a cultural acquisition, isn't it? It's not actually something inherent in human beings. But it gets passed down and so easily and quickly, isn't it, that yeah. these ways of... Um, these ways of being get passed down. You can even see it if you see a child who've had an experience a few times of being hit or being pushed over. Mm. If parents don't understand how to support their child in, in releasing the feelings around that, then they can start pushing and shoulding and all of these things. So these, these, uh, I call them thought memes. they get passed down very, very quickly because as you said, so beautifully, our children need to learn, Um, the ways of the culture to belong, to fit in, to be safe, to be, to be attached. So they absolutely need to believe all that stuff. We needed to believe all of those things, you know, we need to be a certain way to be loved. If we, if we behave like this, we'll be cast out all that stuff. So understanding this power piece is so helpful. I think as a parent, isn't it?
1: It's, I mean, it's so rough now, especially around, I use the inverted commas discipline, (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> very inverted <laughs> Teach, right?
1: but children need discipline and really the cultural I think understanding of that is still children need to be punished when they do something wrong and that just the imprint that says when you do something wrong we need to make you feel bad so you don't do it again And that for me is just, you know, the more I've done this work, the further I go and the longer I've listened to people's stories, it actually does nothing but create a greater disconnection. It creates more shame in the person, but it's still such a understood dynamic in our culture that when you do wrong, you should be punished for doing wrong. Yes. You know, like we see that from from doing that to little kids to grounding teenagers. We see that as adults who, you know, do stuff in the world and go to prison. And I'm not saying that, you know, that... You know, people, I mean, all people need help. I absolutely come back to that hurt people hurt people, you know, and yep. when we are hurting, that's when we are going to use that power over on someone else or do stuff that's not good because we are in such great pain. Yes. So I don't know the answer to that bigger problem for adults, but, you know. Oh, we... there's
0: some great, I mean, there are some great models of, um, and I can never remember the actual words, but there are some great models of understanding how to help people who do do terrible absolutely. things to other people without yeah. actually using more punishment and more shame yes. to actually help repair the reasons why they're acting in those ways in the first place and
1: to add a piece into that you know from when my kids have been very young if something's happened with friendships or someone's been really mean and after I've really listened to how my kids feel about that I've always brought in that conversation what do you think is going on for that person you know to help them have an understanding that on some level it probably wasn't about them but yeah. that that person was not feeling good that yeah. these they've got so many unmet needs going on the only way that they can survive at this point in time is to power over or yeah. you know and again especially around that hitting piece you know and I think yes. there's a lot to answer for for violence in our community particularly yep. violence against women. Yep. the way we raise our children, the yes. way we talk to them, the way we yep. meet their needs, the way yep. we we it has a massive impact on inner feelings on anger on rage and when we are not holding that for our children it will it can't do anything but come out as they grow older yes so it frustrates me a lot when we look at things around violence of how we are not going back to the root cause which should be parenting we talk about this all the time the world could change in such a much grander way if we actually (sighs) because you know I think humans are always doing the best job they know how with where they're at and, you know, when we are operating from such big places of pain, then in order to feel any sense of control or feel okay in our world, that usually comes back to powering over others in many, many ways. And we see this in politics. Yep. We see this in big money. We see it. We don't have to look far at the moment.
0: Everywhere. We I mean, look around the world and look at any war. In, yeah. Anywhere. And I often think there's two. I've been thinking about it a lot lately about powerlessness and power over, and I think often usually the, the, the powerlessness I, I always say that all power overcomes from a, a sense of powerlessness mm. and often that's a sense of either disconnection or a sense of there being limited resources. And if you think of anything that's going on that's unenjoyable around the world, whether it's to the environment or you know, one nation to another or one political party to another, is that sense of being disconnected yes. from the other person or the other nation or whatever it is and mm. also having a sense of there not being enough. But, you know, these these things are so related to our foundational experiences as babies and children. And we we talk about this a lot, don't we, Lail, about all these things that are going on in the world. And if people actually understood how foundational parenting is, instead of it being seen as one of the least valuable things, you know, parents are not valued in this culture. They're not given. It's very hard, isn't it, to be a parent and to actually get support to do that, often if it was actually seen as one of the most important things we can do to change our politics, to change our relationship to the climate, all of that stuff is actually how we treat our babies and children. It's foundational, oh, so isn't it? I mean, we took care of our mothers more. And my, exactly. Mothers
1: yes. Or families. And dads. And, yes. yes. We, we, they had listening. They had support at yeah. the home. We I mean, yes. I mean, were not meant to be raising kids by ourselves in our only yeah. way. So go. I find it so challenging. I'm like, because it is. It
0: is, yes.
1: yeah <laughs> We're meant to be with this support, and it's so, so lacking to a great it's level. So I wonder that it's so hard.
0: Yes. And do you know, I often think of power. The reason why I think, particularly, and I remember so many of my powerlessness moments as a parent, particularly when my children were younger. I've realised is it actually because of the culture that we live in. So, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know if you remember times like this, Laura. I remember when they were little, and perhaps we didn't have much food in the house, and I wanted to get into the car, and mm-hmm. and you know I'd have big feelings because I was just like, oh, I just want to go to the shops, and they maybe didn't want to go, I had some big feelings. And you know, it, it's part of this domination culture where we're so separate. We're in these little, often these small family units. If we lived in in bigger family units or more traditional cultures that you know if one person if one parent wanted to do something there would be a whole lot of other adults around a whole lot of other kids Mm -hmm. older kids teenagers we would not be in this position where it's like one parent and one or more children trying to get everybody's needs met it's and and that's what leads to powerlessness so often because it's like how can i possibly get my needs met and yours and that's often where we flip into our own powerlessness Mm -hmm often from our own childhood or the ways we're thinking about power. Mm. So it's so much to do with the culture that we live in and, the, and these core beliefs about human beings, which are so painful and horrible, aren't they? Like, as you said so beautifully at the beginning, in order for, uh, in order for us to be loving... The belief is we need to get punished and we continue this, don't we? We know to totally. be loving, we go, oh, I need to feel guilty. It's, it doesn't work. <laughs> you cannot create love through punishment. Doesn't happen. Doesn't that work. It never must. has done. It never <laughs> has worked.
1: And we, yet yeah, we still do it because it's what we know. I, I want to go back to that piece of. Um, yes being community because my best friend and yes. i always, used to say we just need another wife
0: like we yes or oh, a few more wives would be great <laughs> <laughs> <All> <laughs> <wives together>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing with all the kids because one of us yes. and the other one would you know we yes. were like oh my god we were the best team we, yes. we were like first wife and second wife
0: yeah Exactly. Yeah. Just and one happy- person to make the food. One person, yes. few people to be making the money. Few people yes. to be hanging out with the kids. Few people to be clearing, came, yes. caring for the home. Few people just to be hanging out, lying in the sunshine, reading yes. a book.
1: <laughs> That's I <a> could <good> <laughs> <That's good>. I'm <laughs> imagine the that will pop up in that anyway. That's another podcast. Um, before we swing, you know, that authoritarian parenting, and then taking a look at what permissive parenting yes. does you know, one of the reasons why we both wanted to record this this podcast is because a lot of thought leaders out there at the moment talking about incredible things like empathy and compassion and uh, connection and self-love and self-care, except when it comes to parenting. So there is still this, unfortunate default of that, you know, we still need to control kids to get them to do what we want them to do. And it's usually kind of packaged in there. You just give them two choices, but still the choices are the ones you want them to do without them letting to, without listening to how they feel about it. There's still an element of shutting them down and whether that's from a baby still trying to control them into you know, sleeping the way we want them to sleep or or whether it's um with toddlers, you know that this is the way it is there's there's still a big gap missing and and we both talk yes. about this often, don't we because we do <laughs> listen to a lot of people out there in the world doing great stuff, which we really champion, but we still yes. see that there is a big part missing when it comes to parenting there is still yes you know, and maybe that's just got to do with own our own childhoods, maybe it's still people are still working through where that imprint comes from within them, you know, because we do often parent the way we were parented, whether we like that or not, unless we do the work or we swing to the opposite. flip, yes. Yes yes and you know i think that's where these conversations need to be have more and more and more because we just keep saying we want to change the world well we have to start with parenting we have to start with when the the baby's born how they're brought into the world how they are responded to and the support for new families and mothers and the listening you know providing so much listening for new families so they can listen to their children and creating a whole other paradigm of how it could actually look because then we are raising children who are aware and connected, have built empathy within them because it's been shown to them that they go into the world and don't want to hurt other people. They don't want to hurt our planet. They do not want to do stuff that is bad because it fundamentally feels so wrong for them because they know what connection feels like. And I think this is the thing that's helped me understand this over all the years of listening to so many stories from sessions of with parents is that nobody feels good hurting other people and is only because that 's what they 've been shown you know they 're doing the best job they know how because of what has been imprinted within them. So the lack of listening, connection, empathy, it's its no wonder it is so hard to bring that into adult relationships yes. and to parenting your own children because it was never shown and imprinted within you. Yes. So, you know, so much compassion for our journeys. of work. Yes. And, and you, we talk about this all the time, you know, first generation where parenting is so, so, brave, and <laughs> so brave and it takes a lot of courage and it's freaking hard. Yep. We're undoing a lifetime of patterning. We're undoing a strong lineage, you know, but I have so much faith because I think there's enough people that say this doesn't feel right anymore. And I think our children – that are being raised are saying it doesn't feel good anymore we look at the amount of kids who are in pain who are struggling emotionally you know there is this wave going something has to shift yes and you know i have faith that we are listening to that yeah but you know i think this is where when we talk about the bigger thought leaders out there you know we're still missing this big fundamental piece when it comes to parenting yeah and i'm sure if it people who are listening, if they do do aware parenting or they're, you know, more open to this stuff, you're probably nodding going, yeah, you're right, because we don't see it that much in society, in our communities, unless you find your community. Yep. That's where it can feel very oscillating. And we can often question, does this feel right? Yep. You know, where does that sit with us?
0: Yes. You know, I, I've been talking a lot lately. <laughs> Every time I open my mouth, I seem to be talking about it. I'm really seeing this on the paradigm level if you look at the old paradigm i see it like a circle and the new paradigm is like the new circle so the old paradigm was all those power overways um all the, the things that you've talked about and then the the new paradigm is power with but the circles are overlapping and we sit in this overlap in the middle and it, what i really come to really get is we are designed to pass culture down so the whole point of of growing up and being a child is that we do internalise the culture that we, we're brought up in, and of course that works beautifully if you're, um, you know, you're living in Ladakh the and there's been these cultural things that've been going on for thousands of years that work in harmony with the environment that have, you know that clearly work. Then of course that's a wonderful thing that that gets passed down. But if we're living in this domination culture. And then, you know, by the time we're we're an adult, we've internalized all this stuff, and we're designed to pass it down. I find that a really helpful thing to to keep in mind, to understand why it can be so hard at times. And what because we are in this crossover, we're in the intersection of these two paradigms. And even you know, if we do everything we can to respond to our children in these new power with ways, that we were brought up in the old paradigm, we still live within the old paradigm, and. A part of creating the new paradigm is we actually need the new paradigm to live within, you know, we need those bigger cultures. So it's fundamentally going to be hard. And the more that we can see that on a much bigger picture, because what I often see is parents, you know, often mums I work with as we both do, you know, dads too, but more mums is, 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 looking at it on an individual level and, you know, why is this hard? Or I see mum's soft and there's something wrong with me or I should be doing it better or all this kind of stuff rather than, Oh my God, you are, you're absolutely in this transition time between an old paradigm that's been around for more than 2000 years. You are actually creating in your family day by day, this new paradigm of course, whilst, also doing the reparenting of yourself because you know we've got our own powerlessness places in ourselves that come up our own rage our own you know the guilt all of those stuff we have internalized we're, we're doing that as well as raising this new generation so that's it really helps me to share that because I think then it's easy to be much more compassionate that this is not a little thing that mm-hmm. we're doing it's not a mm-hmm. tiny thing it's a massive fundamental thing that's actually going to you know, has the potential. I think is changing the whole the whole paradigm of human beings on this planet. It's big. It's really big.
1: <laughs> yeah, I get reminded of this all the time too. And you know, I've done a lot of research and study into trauma, yes, and addiction, and and the more I research into that, it always comes back to the same thing. You know, stemming back to the childhood of not getting needs met, of not being heard, not being yes. listened to. Yeah. Always go where parenting is so the answer because if you're children, then we minimize the chance of them having trauma and addiction issues and stuff like that because we're turning up for them in the best way as much as we can to listen to what's going on. And you know, it really is that kids are going to have adversity, they're meant to. This is how we grow on some level, yes. whether we are there to help them navigate that adversity to sit and listen hold a space for them to rage or cry or complain about all the things that were hard it allows them then to be heard that they don't then have to internalize that and then carry it for another five years so that when they go for that job interview and get rejected they don't think that they're good enough yes yes way that they go okay well it's not the right fit you know so it's that's where I see it's such an such an incredible answer. Yes. I wonder just because we're still talking about the authoritarian thing, do you want to talk to Marion about when we have been raised in that authoritarian way? So whether we were, you know, parents used smacking or that kind of stuff to get us to what I want, or whether it was just a lot of bribes, rewards, time out, what how does that translate often to when we become a parent ourselves? <laughs>
0: Well, we often, don't we, we'll either repeat or we'll often do the, go to do the opposite. Um, and the, the tricky thing about doing the opposite is it's still coming from our own hurts. So, you know, and I know for me, um, I, I certainly veer towards permissiveness, as you've probably noticed. So, but my parents were also quite permissive. But often, you know, in terms of if we've been brought up with power over, which which most of us have, even you know, even if our parents were permissive, as I want to say, because we 've grown up in this um, power over paradigm is we 'll either shift into more power over strategies, so we'll use power over power over our child, getting them to do what we want them to do, or we 'll tend to then fall into permissiveness, which has often come from. You know, as children, instead of going into rebellion, we might have gone into giving up, being flat, being depressed, not speaking up, being very compliant. We've talked about this in previous that uh, podcast on saying no. You know, just not speaking because it it wasn't safe to say no. It wasn't safe to rage. It wasn't safe to feel frustrated. So it can really go into that compliance. And I think so often parents. Um, Who want to do something different? We're like, you know, we don't want our children to experience the pain we did. So often it may be slipping into a powerlessness, which means so often meeting the baby's needs and valuing the baby's needs, which is a wonderful thing, and the child's needs, but but actually not honouring our own needs as parents, and that's where it leads to burnout. Mm. Um, well often then, you know, and this is what we love about aware parenting is understanding that even if you do everything you can to meet your child 's needs they 're going to still have painful feelings they 're going to still need to cry to rage, just fundamentally living in the world, all of that kind of thing but if if we 're really in that um, powerlessness. Parenting paradigm will often do anything we can to stop them feeling upset, or you know, give up all of our own needs. You know, give them 17 cookies mm-hmm. if they if they're really upset and they're just asking for more cookies, rather than seeing that actually they they need power with, which is actually also us valuing our own needs and valuing the expression of feelings and valuing that sometimes we are going to say no if we actually think it's not helpful for their health or their well-being mm-hmm. or whatever. And often that can be a tricky thing. And I often think that for parents, that we're often, um, and I, I remember Aletha talking about this many, many years ago, is that we may sit in the powerlessness place and and do a lot of that. And then we might get to this point where we have ignored our own needs so much and we feel so frustrated and so burnt out that we then flip into power over. So we yes. may suddenly uh, <laughs> range or like, That's and it. I've certainly quiet, done this. Quiet, quiet. Yeah, suddenly quiet. And they're just like, <gasps> <rah>! no, no. <laughs> and and that's you know that's it's so understandable because of all our own accumulated powerlessness not only because we haven't met our own needs for choice and autonomy in the moment in our own parenting day to day but then our all our own feelings of powerlessness that we experienced as children bubble up and then get expressed to our children when actually they're really designed to be expressed to our parents or our teachers or you know all those that use power over us so Mm -hmm. i think having and then i think people can then as part of this paradigm Then shift into another power over thing, which is power over within, which is Mm. guilt, shame, hitting themselves with these emotional sticks. I'm bad. I've done something wrong. I'm a terrible parent. Oh my gosh, which is another form of power over. It's just an internalized form.
1: Yes, which is so big, you know. And I I see this. When particularly parent, if um, parents have been raised in that authoritarian way, when yes. they get angry, or you know, particularly when their child isn't doing what they want them to do, and then they move into yelling and screaming and rage, and yes, and they often just say, uh, "I can't help it; it comes from nowhere." And you know, really, yeah. again, helping them to make that connection that that is probably what was done to them when they were young, and what yeah. that. I can yes it reminds us of those feelings and we don't want to feel it so then we power over in order to feel better so we yes do, that that's that is kind of the way that it rolls so yeah, having as you say compassion for ourselves that's where we've come from okay yes. so how do we then work with that yes you know, so that we no longer have to keep repeating that yeah or, or many parents i've worked with too say that there's no way i'm going to raise my kids the way i was raised yes and so then they swing to the other side of the spectrum, and, and yep. you know then it is they can 't say no and they don 't have yep. those boundaries, and that feels really tricky as well, so yes yeah, so where parenting really does ask us to delve deep into our own stories to find that balance of complete connection and love and empathy as well as holding limits and boundaries, and mostly. You know, when I talk about boundaries these days, I talk about a boundary is claiming yourself.
0: Claiming yourself. (laughs) I value
1: myself to Mm. set this
0: limit. Yes.
1: that And that's, I think, where people find it very hard. You know, if we're looking at permissive parenting, which is really, as you're saying, giving the child what they need, uh, sorry, what they want. They want all the time, usually at the expense of the parent and there isn't any boundaries and there sometimes isn't any no's and those kind of things. And the child often feels very out of control because there's no holding there and that's where we see children act out quite a lot too so there's yeah. that parenting because yeah. you know often the belief it's not okay for my child to cry or be upset so i need to keep them happy at all costs yes. i mean I, I did that way of parenting for quite a few years when my kids were little <laughs> 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 it's yes let me tell yes you. yes um until <laughs> i realized it was my uncomfortableness with listening yes. to feelings yeah. Which stemming from my own childhood of really being able to own my own feelings and then as I got better around those boundaries I just kept thinking this is me saying yes to claiming a part mm-hmm. of myself you know which I honor and value so much which is ultimately going to help you feel safe as well because I'm doing it yes. with a sense of love and connection if I can see that we both need yeah so yes if they've got all these different nuances with them particularly in the permissive parenting as well i mean look all of it it is but i think it is coming back to and i think this is the fundamental line when we are parenting our children are we connected yes and are we honoring ourselves and honoring them yes in the bigger picture yeah yeah i love and that
0: if we're not, sorry go yeah i love that i'm just saying i love that i love
1: that <laughs> i mean because again we can get caught up in all these words and different yeah. paradigms of this and that but i Kind to come back to simple. Yes. Is just am I connected with myself? And am yep. I connected with my child? And yes. am I reading what my child is is telling me? You yes. Know, looking behind what's actually going on here and saying where are we? And that I guess yep. is really the democratic parenting and its yes. passive Yes. You know that's what we're wanting to aim to do. And I think you know I think so many parents they want that. They really want yep. to it that way. But because we do, we live in these communities where we're not supported, where we feel stressed, we have financial pressures, you know. Um, it's tricky. It's tricky to hold that and then put on top all our own childhood stories and stuff that we've got there that your parent, your children so beautifully mirror for you <laughs> <laughs> and go, hey, mom, on this issue.
0: Here's the next piece for you. Yes. And so yeah, it's really Yes.
1: We need support, and we again need yes. so much compassion for the so much.
0: We're
1: doing. Oh my God.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's you know it's hard. Yeah. And the way I see it as well is that more we can have compassion for ourselves and see that bigger picture piece of the old paradigm and the new. Because you know I find for me I've actually come up in a new one with my son. I thought we're you know I was like oh I've got all this loving limits and power with and and he's just turned 13 and we've got a new issue showing up between us and I'm finding myself finding it really hard to say no and I'm like oh my goodness because of course there's a new level for me to 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 look at my own childhood my own 13 year old Mm. what happened for me so you know it's really having that oh my gosh rather than again the old paradigm which is all about power of you know I you know we have this you know you should be a certain way and you should have it together and all this stuff it's like oh my goodness okay deep Mm. compassion for myself because here is my next piece and I really love to speak that because to me, I think part of the old domination paradigm is, you know, as if you, whatever we call us as parenting educators, that we were, you know, we, we're a hundred percent perfect in inverted commas all the time. <laughs> I am so not, but what I, what I am willing to do is always to keep doing the work and keep seeing this as an invitation and keep being compassionate with myself and, you know, seeing yeah. the bigger picture. And I really like to speak that because I think it's so important to see the bigger picture and, Yes. and you know, to share that. So 100%. I should pro- I should probably be calling you up later. or somebody saying, okay, I need some help here. I, I'd love that. It's, it's, I just
1: was talking to a client just before this podcast and she was saying do you know what's made me feel so much better about the whole aware parenting thing? And I said, what's that? And she goes, that you tell me all the things that you've done wrong. And I go, oh, really? she goes, it makes me feel better. Like, there's no perfect. I go, oh, my God, I'm so far from here. I love talking about all the things. That's so far and, and I said, because to me, they're all part of aware parenting because... Yes. There is no perfect and we're going to do stuff wrong. And if we then have the opportunity to repair with our child and then we are willing to look at where did that come from within me and what work do I have to do around it, then that is – we're parenting because it's what we do with what happens that that, you know that makes the difference and i I just want to say that piece you're talking about sunny and (laughs) the sun and and turning 13 and teenagers i really relate that when my kids started to become teenagers i found it hard to say no too because what went on for me was they could actually leave me now, right, because they're bigger Whoa. and they're more capable, you know, and if I say no and they don't like it, they're like, yep, see ya, I'm out of here, right? So it was really tricky. That's what came up for me because I they were more out there in the world. They had their mates. They caught public transport. Yes. A real edge came up for me is if I say no, you might leave, you yes. know home because you can yes. which is different to a three-year-old when you say no you know, <laughs> yeah. they're, going to be, they're still with you right yes. uh, and so that that was an interesting edge for me that mm. came up i'm sure there's many different dynamics that come up for everybody but um yes. yeah that was a really interesting i had to keep working to oh. true and i remember saying to my husband if i say no to my son he might leave <laughs> like <laughs> oh he knows <laughs> he but that was my fear and i found it hard in the beginning to set some boundaries when I needed when I could see them because my fear was that but he might he might go yeah interesting so Mm -hmm.
0: thank you and I also see you know for me it's different depending on for my daughter who is 17 and my son it's you know for me it's my mum issues often come up my memories of my mum with my daughter and with my with My dad with my son, and I think often that happens too. So again, it's really saying, okay, it's the next one, (laughs) next one come up, and that's such a gift, isn't it, to our children? And it's not necessarily easy, but it's so satisfying and fulfilling to actually go rather than I'm just going to keep on doing what was done to me, or go to the opposite to actually kind of be, not kind of actually to be in the uncomfortableness of, okay, I'm going to look at this next piece for me and feel the feelings and get the support and do the work
1: mm. and you know again to bring this piece in of power of what it does for our children is when we parent with this power with and connection it helps them feel so powerful they have their own sense of power yes which is so profound to watch and you know i was just sharing with mary and i had this experience with my daughter a day or two ago where she was out with her friend she's 16 and these girls tried to take some stuff off them and it got you know it was it was not an ideal situation and my daughter was really you know, I was a bit shaken by what happened and stuff like that, but came home and said to me, oh, I was so surprised how grounded I felt. And I was talking these girls down and I was like, you are not going to take my power from me. Oh. And even though they acquiesced a bit just you know, to keep the calm, you know, later when my daughter came home, she was a bit shaken, but she, the first thing she said was, I'm going to pull my power back oh. because... <laughs> because I know that those girls only did that because she goes, I know who they are. They come from broken homes. I think they've dropped out of school. Like they're not in a good way. They just, yes. you know, want money. And yep. and she goes, I see where they come from, but I am going to pull back my power in the way I can because that's not going to define me. Yes. And it was pretty amazing just watching her 16-year-old kind of badass self oh, go.
0: <laughs> so amazing.
1: Happen, but what has it shown me and how do I reclaim yep. my power within that? which to me made me look at her and go she would only know how to do that if she knew what it felt like to feel powerful to know that the power is honored within her you know because we're not overpowering her yeah so she's not trying to pull back her power out of a form of i'm going to show you or out of you know I'm going to be better than you or whatever. It was just like, oh, that was a full-on experience. How do I come back into balance? How do I come back into alignment? How do I find yes. my power yes. in, uh, in who I am? You yes. know? And, and again, because we honour that within who she is by listening yes. to her, by giving her a voice, by yep. letting her express who she needs to be. You know, we're yes. not powering over her to say this is the version of you that we want. We're yep. like, you be your best version of who you are. And seeing that magnificent power in her, oh, man, I look at her and just go, oh, God, I wish I was that.
0: Yeah, oh, my God. So amazing, now. So honour your gorgeous parenting. Amazing, lovelies. Yeah. And I love what you're bringing too as well. You're talking about that power in the body and the power, that internal power, which is really, you know, if we move to that third paradigm, the power with, which is really what we're aiming to do as a result of this aware parenting, these forms of parenting is that inner power, isn't it? It's an internal power that's all about connection with ourselves that allows connection with the other without, without trying to overpower or or be in the powerlessness position, but actually to really to navigate relationships and friendships from that position of power with. And do you know what I'd love to share is I I have a, a friend and we have this amazing lovely connection where, Um, we know that each other is going to we're going to put ourselves we're going to listen to our needs we're never ever going to do anything out of a should or have to I know we talked about this before but she was over yesterday and it really again it just helps me connect with how grateful I am to have these kinds of friendships and I have this with you as well I know we're just neither is going to do stuff if it doesn't feel enjoyable we're not going to coerce ourselves we're not going to do things we're going to say to the other person oh you know I'm you know I know we arranged this but I'm tired or you know whatever we're going to we're going to stay connected with ourselves and we're going to stay connected with the other and, and to me that's what power with is all about it's it comes from fundamentally listening to ourselves honoring our needs and values and staying connected with the other from that place which means we can say yes we can say no we don't need to do stuff to be liked or to be you know all of that stuff it's just so liberating isn't it i really Love it so much.
1: It is. And I find that even though, we, you know, we're talking about parenting here, yeah. the bigger picture my eyes at least, here we go, you know, yeah. <laughs> philosophical, yeah. Yes. But the bigger picture through my eyes is this, right? When we honour and come home to who we really are in our own being, you know, when we we do the work on our own journey, when we look at our story, when we come to a place of authenticity and integrity in ourselves, then everything just flows from there, whether it's work or money or love or relationship, but especially parenting. And and that is actually all our children want. They want us to be so connected to ourselves so that we don't overpower them. We don't put expectations into who they should be. We, don't, we, we are so in alignment with ourselves that we are able to turn up for them and say, you be the most magnificent version of you and I've got you. And I'm holding you and I'm here for you and you need, but I've got you, yeah. you know, and I don't need you to be anything else but who you are. Now, for a child to feel that, that, yes. that sense of being seen and allowed to be who they need to be, that is to me like the greatest gift you could possibly give your child. Because the imprint is, I'm enough. I yes. am enough who I am. Yes. I don't need to... Prove myself in the world. Anything I choose to do is because there's this intrinsic motivation. I want to do this because this brings me joy. I want to do this yes. because this lights me up. I want to do this because it feels so good to love. <laughs> yes, to and it just all flows to me. Like I mean, yes. that. That to me, the more I delve into this work and do it, yep. I come back to this place again. Of yep. you know, we got to come back to who we really are. Yes. If we 're in alignment with ourselves, then it really does flow within it, and then we don't need to use these power dynamics. It feels so wrong and it, it's so easy to see when it's out of balance
0: so easy isn't it and I think it really helps to see on a bigger picture you know when I look at the the politicians or the you know the ways that power over is being used and to actually see that underneath that that apparently powerful person they are not feeling powerful if they felt true in a power they would not they would not be willing. To do that to another person, to an animal, to a you know a small child, because yes. it's fundamentally power over comes from a, a, a sense of disconnection from from who we really are, from power from powerlessness. And yes. to actually see that can really help because then you know if we go in trying to use power over whoever it is, that it just becomes a power struggle. But if we can have compassion, understand mm-hmm. what's where they're coming from, it doesn't mean we're going to say yes to what they're doing. We're going to put in those no's and those neo-no's and those loving limits, but understanding that true power means power with. It means the capacity to totally. connect with the other, to, to express needs, to hear the other, to be in conversation with. It's not mm. you know, fundamentally power overcomes from powerlessness and disconnection.
1: That's it. And I, I'm just thinking about remembering when our kids were a bit younger and um, I really wanted to empower my children to call us out Oh, I love that. Out of balance. And I remember my son was about eight or nine or something. And, you know, if one of us was my husband or I were out of balance or something, and he would see it, he'd look at us with his look yep. on his face and we would say to him, we give you full permission to call us on our behaviour. Yes. Like you yes. say, oh, yes. you are acting out right now. Yep. Or, yep. you know, like my husband would often act like his father, so my son would be like, you are just being papa. <laughs> <Or> <laughs> I, I would love that. <laughs> to my mother and just am <laughs> <analyzing. laughs> like nanny. But in those moments of empowering our children to say, we give you full permission mm. to call us when we are yes. out of balance, right? Because yep. That's going to stop us in our tracks to go, whoa, we've yep. we gone too far. We are not feeling good. There is no connection here. Yeah. And what's interesting is that empowering our kids to do this, the times where both my husband and I have acted out, our kids just look at us with this almost humorous, <laughs> <laughs> guess. Yes. Enjoying, You know, yes. it kind of totally stops you to go, oh, and the beautiful thing about that is they don't take it on board. Exactly. They go, this is all about you. Yes. You are acting out because yes. you're out of balance. This has got nothing to do with me. Yes, this doesn't create this internalized feeling of I'm yes. bad or wrong or I've got yes. to get my or anything. And it's been really interesting watching in teaching them about that because then they've taken that out into the world, into the yes. school system when a teacher's out of balance. My kids don't; they just like, ah oh, that's not about me; yep. it's about them. I mean, my daughter did once call a teacher out on.
0: That show. I remember that. <laughs> amazing.
1: Um, good for her. She's just like going, you know. Do you think yeah. something's gone on for you that that's the way you're needing to behave? I'm sure any teacher would love a (laughs) 15-year-old. I was proud of her. But I think that that's been an incredible thing that I've seen in teaching them because, again, it it helps them to own their own story and see that everybody else is in their story and often it's projection and all those kind of things. So, you know, being responsible for our own stories and our own behaviour is, to me, again, such an important part of being human.
0: Yes, I love that so much, Lauren. Again, I so on amazing parenting, and you know, I think often, you know, when parents talk about, you know, what can I do afterwards? I've just, I have been powerless. I have gone to power, but how can I repair? And for me, one of the most important things is to help our children know that that was our responsibility, that was not their fault, and that's what I really hear you doing because our, if children are not brought up in within that thing of you know, hurt hearing from parents which is part of power over you, you know you you made me feel this your behavior I, my behavior is caused by you you made me i you're responsible for my feelings and needs that's all power over parenting as well mm-hmm. and you know children will internalize that but when children can really clearly see in this way our children see often before us i know so often my children will be like they're You know, I I can feel something bubbling in me, some powerlessness from my inner children. And I can just see them looking at me and they're like, I know exactly what's going on for you. It's one of the most powerful things, isn't it, that they you know, they do not do that thing. They do not take responsibility. They know yes. it's not their fault. Someone else's behavior, needs, feelings are not their fault and not their responsibility. And, and the, the paradox of that is then they actually have more capacity to be compassionate with the other. Because if we're taking responsibility for someone else's needs and feelings behavior and we're feeling guilty and we're feeling responsible, we actually don't have compassion for the other, and we can't we can't respond and choose because we're in that we're in the inner coercion. So it's so powerful, pa- profoundly powerful, isn't it? It
1: is, and that taking that into your intimate relationship as well. Oh,
0: yes, I wonder if you're going to share something that. I mean, we've got about we've got about oh, less than ten minutes, but I was wondering if you wanted to talk about partnering as well, power over and power within partnering.
1: Yeah, because. Um, I think from when I began to wear parenting, I realized that it was not just about my, wife, but my kids and myself, <laughs> that this was in all of life, really. Yes. And realizing how much I didn't actually listen to my husband, how I would often, when he was upset or angry, take that on board. It's my fault. What can I do to fix it? So my, my yeah. imprint was to be the good girl, the yes. sick stuff. Um, which never worked because then I just felt totally disempowered and never actually helped him where he was at. So we used to do that uh, dynamic. And then I was very scared of if he did get upset because, you know, I didn't grow up with any healthy, you know, imprints around anger or anything. It was all just make it feel like, Hey, so I think when I started the aware parenting journey, I really had to look at and began to see, like I was doing for my kids, seeing behind his behaviour. Yes. Uh, and I mean, I'm talking about my husband like he's a kid. He's not. He's <laughs> an amazing, incredible man. Yes. But the way I had to learn to not be reactive was to actually go, he's having a hard time. So yes. when he was grumpy or he was saying something, I was like, ah, there's something going on for him. Yes. So if this was one of my kids, what would I do? Well, I would take a deep breath and I would connect and I'd go, hey, what's going on for you? Yes. And even if there was anger coming back at me, I'd be like, oh, man, you feel mad, Yeah. I'm here for you, I can listen if you want, what do you need? So, you know, it's it's being completely respectful in our dynamic but actually not taking on board whatever was going on for him to actually go, there is, you know, he also has um he's got feelings and I was the same my my way wasn't getting angry I would just get really sulky and just shut down and he'd be like what's going on with you and I'd be like nothing and you know (laughs) I I really wanted him to work hard to prove his love so it's safe for me to express you know and I think when I began to understand that again, taking responsibility for our own feelings that when he was upset, my job was not to fix it, not to stay out of his way, not to make it all right, but to actually just offer connection and say, hey, what's happening for you? And if I could meet him with like that same kind of strength that you hold when you hold for your kids, it allowed him to feel safe, to allow himself to melt a little bit as well. And within that melting, you know, what happened is then, he would show, oh, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was my puppy. <laughs> was what was going Pup, on for puppy's agreeing. Yes, yes, yes Lael, yes. I agree. You're wonderful. Um, he <laughs> would then
1: able to actually melt into what was underneath his anger, yes. you know, and he would do the exact same thing for me. And so I think we've been together for like 22 years or something like that, but yes. learning not just with the way we're parenting our kids, but within each other is it's yes. the holding of the space yes. and to not take on board. It's to be... I see something's going on for you. What do you need? You know, do you want me to listen? Do you want me to give you some space? I'm here for you, and it's never seeing them as being wrong. It's never seeing them as being that they, you know, don't have the capacity to understand or fix or heal. You know, I always just say to my husband, I have so much faith in you that you will work through whatever you need to work through, and I hope that you see that within me. So I am just here to mirror back to you your awesomeness. (laughs) and hold a space for you and that just changed everything in our dynamics there was no fighting that we really really fight well we don't It never gets to that when one of us is a bit grumpy it's like okay what's going on what do you need where are your needs what's going you know where am i at what's happening here it just doesn't ever escalates to anything else because i think again it's owning our own stories yes communicating them where it's, this has nothing to do with you, this is what I'm feeling. When you do this, it makes me feel yes. like this and that taps me into my own hurts around yes. A, B, C, D or whatever that is. And, I mean, yep. so powerful in relationship <laughs> and dynamic.
0: <laughs> Obi is so agreeing with this, yes. like, yes, yes. <laughs> dogs, right. not, dogs are not all about power with, don't they? I mean, their voice is like... <laughs> I'll, just stop this I'll just let him out. Okay, I'll, um, I might talk a little bit while you're, while you're doing that. So I also wanted to say a little bit about um my experience. Oh, still barking. My experience with um the father of my children that I also found that's so helpful that you know even if it's an ex these things are so incredibly helpful because I know it used to be if if some kind of power over or you know struggle around choice would happen particularly with him and my son and and I would they would be both upset and then I would also go into my own story around powerlessness usually from with my dad yes and nowadays I can also do what you're talking about I can also go okay I can see he's upset I can see Sonny's upset and I don't go into my my powerlessness as well so I can hold them both with compassion and be you know listening and loving them and you know Seeing their journey without, then you know it's already enough having two people that are upset, a parent and child, without the other parent then going into their own thing. It's actually having at least one adult who can stay compassionate and stay connected and and mm-hmm. see, you know, these two people are uh, feeling some painful feelings, and usually around powerlessness. Yes. How can I help? I hear that. You know, I hear empathy, listening. Yeah and i just would offer it takes practice it's so much practice (laughs) (laughs) you have to do the work through your own
1: stories to get to that place where it feels okay within that because it's you know it's hard we're so reactive and we are often just pushing each other's buttons and wounds and you know it's
0: tricky it's really tricky so even just having the mindfulness even if you don't behave that way to go compassion afterwards compassion afterwards (laughs) repair afterwards i have done i have been so many powerlessness sweet spots myself I have used power over many times yes so um yeah
1: yeah (laughs) I think that's it it's even in relationship of when you do move into you know that battle or power whatever is afterwards to be able to really own yeah Oh gosh, you know, I'm really sorry. And I felt like this, and yes. what it, you know, owning the story it helps you grow. It helps you be heard. All those elements. It's what yeah. moves us more towards those conscious relationships. So, yeah, so I just want to apologise if to anybody <laughs> their ears with <blew> my dog. <laughs> sorry, that little professional setup, here. <laughs> but that he had to be in the room with me
0: so <laughs> i just say it's part of the thing it's like that power the power of the bark yes <laughs> so so bringing this to an end yes should we um i'd love for for people to hear about your beautiful offerings for for teens in particular and you want to uh-huh. share about that
1: yeah, so uh, look, in Melbourne, I'm running workshops. I know everybody's in, in different places around the world, but if you are in Melbourne, I run workshops for teenagers and also just intro to wear parenting. So that's in-person stuff that I do that talks definitely all about these power dynamics. Um, I also have a webinar, um, which we can link to as well, which is really about teenagers and navigating this journey through sexuality and relationships and just schooling and everything. It's really juicy and beautiful. So um, I have that webinar. And what about you, Marion?
0: Mm, I do want to say I recommend everyone, even if you if your children are not tweens or teens. Yeah, I recommend everyone. <laughs> your work is. Yeah, uh, I fun. don't know anyone in the world who's doing the work Aww. that you're doing. So amazing! So, so go and check that out. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, thank you. Um, so I have a few offerings on power and powerlessness. I have a little free intro on power and powerlessness in parenting. I have a, a little low cost. Um, it's about an hour and a half workshop on power, powerlessness, power with and power over in parenting. And I also have a, a course power, powerlessness and power and powerlessness in parenting. So I have kind of three tiers of offerings. When yeah. We talk about these kinds of things. So,
1: And I would just like to say, if you want to improve, on your parenting or just, you know, to really grow, then this power piece and particularly what Marion yes. offers is oh. that <laughs> fundamental. It's true mm. because these, these pieces of, of the parenting, um, Dynamic. I just—they're fundamental. They really, yes. really are in helping us get more connected with ourselves and seeing what we bring. It just ties everything in. So, you know, again, even just check out Marion's free little course if you want to taste it and you want to do more because it's so important in what we're bringing to our children and knowing our stories. It's huge. And I think to finish off this podcast, I would love to offer people just to tune into where they're either losing their power, where they're powering over. Yes. um, If they're, you know, they're using that, inner power in a way that's beating themselves up or, you know, telling themselves a story, like checking in about where power feels for you. Do you feel in your power as well? That's a big one of where does that sit, you know, that sense of am I – living authentically in my powerful self and doing mm. I mean, that's a big uh, that's a big thing <laughs> but,
0: so we'll finish off we'll finish off thank you so much and um we might even do a whole one on power power with yes. and like really our own power so thank you so much for listening we send you so much love big love and compassion and we'll talk to you next time Thanks <laughs> so lots of love bye
1: thanks for joining us on the aware parenting journey please follow us on facebook and instagram at the aware parenting podcast you can find more about Lael at www.laelstone.com.au or find Marion at www.marianrose.net we wish you much compassion and grace on your parenting journey